Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, folks, we are back, and as we do every month on the last Wednesday of the month, we have our good friend Peter Wood in. Uh, Pete uh, is uh, the spokesperson uh, for the logging industry and and for the trucking and timber industry. And, you know, Pete, how long have we been doing this? Hi, Brad. It's it's been... Hello, Brad. It's a beautiful day up here in northern Minnesota. How are you doing in Florida? Yeah, no, it ain't either. It's cold. Don't give me that. It's not It's not nice. <laughs> it's cold. It's still cold. I, I said to Jerry, by the way, your guest, I said, I'll bet you we're colder than you this morning. He said, yeah, I won't take that bet. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, just for you folks that are listening to other parts of the country and that where it's a little bit warmer than here, to, not last morning, but yesterday morning, we had in the teens above... And a little bit of snow on the ground. A little bit of snow. Not much. but And I think this morning we were in the 20s or something like that. Other places were in 10 and that. So I'm just giving a little rundown for those of those folks out there that are logging in the southern part of the states where they haven't seen snow maybe ever or maybe they have. But anyway, I brought a few uh, two pieces for one for you and one for Kenny. Kenny keeps bugging me about, would you bring in a double bit axe? And it's like, how am I going to carefully bring a double bit axe into a studio and i gotta walk through the skywalk or you got a few uh, people that resonate there well you'll be safe you'll have uh, it wouldn't go over too good guys no so i brought instead what did you do so what i did is i could hide these a little bit better but we we don't use them anymore they're called pickeroons they're a short handle thing with a little hook on the end where he could slide wood around a little bit and kenny took a picture of it so maybe he'll put it up there after and and one for you, one for Kenny. You can take and have them at home and have whatever you want to them. They're uh, quite the tool. They're dangerous if you use them the wrong way, but they work very effectively. If you, We don't use them anymore, really. I don't know if anybody does anymore but because the machines are so much Peter, nicer and easier to run. Peter, I was going to tell you, uh, you know, I d- well, you and I have talked about this in the past, but I, I have had a little bit of background in the logging industry. Yep. For three summers, uh, while I was in high school, uh, growing up in Floodwood, Minnesota, uh, I worked for my uh, uncle Donnie, uh, Donnie and Tommy Wilton's logging operation. And part of my job was to use a picaroon to help load the truck. They would throw the logs up on the side of the truck. I'd pick them with this picaroon, pull them up. And it was to build up my uh, chest muscles for football. It got you stronger and better and quicker and everything. So you know exactly how to use these things. Absolutely. (laughs) So you'll be right at home when you come home. You can go back to work. But anyway, uh, uh, you did. The first question you asked is how long we've been doing this. Folks out there, we started the very first show was July 2016. We all thought we were only going to go a couple shows. And Brad thought, well, this ain't going to last very long. And it just keeps going. We're very, very thankful to be able to come in and talk every month to tell everybody about the timber industry a little bit. And today we're fortunate to have with us all the way from Florida, Brad, down your way, is Jerry Gray, a third-generation logger out of Florida, and he lives up by the Georgia line in that part of the country. And Jerry, are you there? Yeah, Peter, I'm here. (laughs) Great, great. Coming in good, good. Uh, Jerry, you want to tell the folks out there a little bit about yourself so we can get a little background on who you are, where you're from, and that kind of stuff? Well, I'm from uh, North Florida, South Georgia. Uh, 
live in Florida now, and uh, my family's, uh, we have a logging background. I'm a third-generation logger, and I uh, also own a timber broker dealership with my son-in-law, uh, Matt. It's called Genesis Timber, and uh, I'm in my 42nd year doing this. Uh, wow. Graduated, yeah, when I graduated from high school, uh, had an opportunity to go play football for coach bobby bowden but decided not to do that and met my wife and started with my father and the family's business and been here ever since wow uh, impressive bobby uh, bowden oh yeah greatest football coach that's ever lived <laughs> <laughs> impressive impressive yeah, that's pretty cool well, Jerry, uh, Jerry, I see the logging trucks down here, so I do know that they have logging down here. But it always seems to me like the only trucks I see are the ones with these long, long, scrawny. They look like uh, scrub pine or something on them. What are those? What are those uh, trees? Uh, most of it's pine put. Pine put wood is what we cut. Uh, and they go to the surrounding putt mills around here. And, and most of it's pine. We do cut some hardwood, but the majority of it is pine putt wood. Okay. Uh, can you understand? Uh, no. He's he's from Florida. Pine pulpwood is what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. Kenny's got this look at me like, what the heck is he saying? <laughs> <laughs> and that goes in that goes into the paper products. You know, they, they, they make uh, contain, container board for the boxes and stuff, you know, that the washing machines and the dryers and the refrigerators get chipped in, and, and then it goes to some of the pump mills, you know, that makes the paper, the white paper that they use in school classes and stuff like that. So diapers, toilet paper, all, you know, that's what that goes in to make. Okay. Do you, do you get saw logs out of that, too, there, down there, Jerry? Then? We get saw logs, yeah. We haul saw logs, and uh, we, we have several mills that we haul saw logs to, and, you know, that's get the lumber dimensions out of that you know which is i, I don't have to tell y'all how high lumber is right now jerry is there any hardwood that's logged out of uh, this area down in florida i mean like yeah. uh, oak or any of that there's hardwood there's not as much hardwood as they used to be and but and there's not many of us left that cuts hardwood uh, my operation is one of the few that's left that doesn't mind cutting hardwood. A matter of fact, we are actually on a good track of hardwood timber right now. And uh, most of that that we cut, you know, goes into pup and it goes to like crate factories that they, you know, they put on the lathes and they make the crate yeah. that they for vegetables and stuff in. Fine. So it goes a produce style. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. With, with, with that, Jerry, how, how many? How many? You you have more than one crew. If you got a son-in-law that's working with you, you got more than one crew on it because to keep that going, you got yeah. quite an elaborate operation there. Could you expand on that just a little bit? Yeah, gray logging. Uh, we I own two of my personal crews, and and we we move about a hundred and forty loads a week with just my two crews. You know, we bump four thousand tons a week. And then wow. uh, my son-in-law son and I, we, we have Genesis Timber, and there's six more crews, independent contractors, that works with Genesis. So we have a total of eight crews that contracts for us. And, and we, you know, we've been around 13,000, 13, 13, 5 tons a week, what we've been doing here lately. So, That's and a we, fair amount. We buy, 
and we buy a hundred percent of uh, everything we cut. We buy a hundred percent of our own stumpage, every bit of it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, wow. that means it's standing wood that purchases from the land grower, whoever owns it at the time, is what he's right. talking about. Yeah. What, mm-hmm. uh, Peter, uh, Jerry, I had a question. The the logging that I see down here, they have these really long, long logs. They're very thin. Uh, it's it's these what are they pine or something that uh, gets real? It's like a like a spruce of some kind, I think, isn't it? Now, what what part are you in, Florida, Brad? What part are you in? Yes, yes, I am. I'm in. I'm down by Tampa. I'm about forty miles north of Tampa. Okay, yeah. What what you seeing is it's uh it's probably slash loblolly, and that's okay. probably we call that chipping saw. I don't know if y'all use that term up north and all, but that's usually what we cut like two befores and four befores out of down here. So okay, that's probably that's probably what you're looking at or what you're seeing. Yeah. So, yeah, they are a, pine. I, I I know they're a I know they're a form of pine. But I was wondering why do they leave them the full length? Why don't they cut them into into sections like up in northern Minnesota? Everything is cut in what Peter eight foot lengths? Uh, or mostly something? eight foot. A little bit. Of, there's chipping and also saw logs, sixteen footers. But mostly we're on heavy, heavy eight foot up here. That's what we do down there is a little bit different system with the chipping saw. But could you a little bit elaborate what he's going after there, uh, Jerry, on that? Yeah, I, I, I guess I can, the only way to answer that is that's the way it's always been done. Uh, I know in the 50s and 60s and and most of the 70s, all the there was a lot of putwood trucks, bobtail trucks, what we call it down here, you know, they would, they would cut it up short and take it to the putt mills. But eventually all that transitioned into what we call longwood. And we have a tremendous amount of plantation pines down here that's planted, and that's yes. that's what it that's what it transitioned to uh, tree link wood, what we call it, and uh, that's okay. that's what that's just about everything that's done down here. Now we got some outside companies that has come over here from overseas that really starting to push the cut the link system, and uh, I I can see. I can see the South changing, you know, the processing heads, and uh, I, I see that coming down here. That happens up in the upper Midwest, a lot of cut-to-length style. There's still a little right. bit of tree length up in like, uh, Canada, Canadian border, International Falls, Minnesota. There's still tree length yeah. there, but what they do is a lot of tree length. Uh, the processors, they're a, lot, they're a bit of money. They're a bit of money to right. do that, don't, and, it's, That's right. and it takes time. Jerry, yeah, what do they what do they use these pines for? Do they are are they making paper out of it, or what do they use it for? They making paper, making lumber. You know, I mean, the the South is the the breadbasket of the world down here where I'm at. You know, I mean, it's, we have so many mills, and the competition is real tough down here. And uh, there's just so many things that comes out of a pine tree. God, when God made a pine tree, he he knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I tell you know we have kids. We have kids come out all the time, and uh, we sponsor field trips and all for the local schools and all. And you know, each each class that comes through, I tell them, you know, every morning if you brush your teeth, you put a pine tree in your mouth because they put they put cellulose and toothpaste from the pine tree. You know, yeah, and never do, yeah. yeah. 
it's just so many products that we get from it. But uh, I, I can start naming, but we don't have enough time in this radio show to name everything. <laughs> we don't. Could you? Uh, there's one thing they do down there, Brad, uh, Jerry. If you could talk about this a little bit, that we do not do up here at all is talk about the pine straw baling and what takes place there. It's kind of unique. It's quite interesting. It's, it's unique to this area, and we have, like I, I said before, we have a lot of pine plantations, which is, uh, you know, pine trees planted in rows, and a lot of that is yep. old fields. It used to be farmland. And uh, we, we have, if you can plant a long leaf, that produces the best pine straw. And we actually have uh, companies that brings in the migrant workers, and they go out and rake and bale the pine straw. And, uh, they, you know, they rake it in piles, and they have these uh, hand balers that they pack it in, and they, they string it up. And it, most of it goes up north uh, for landscaping. You know, people, they put it around trees, their flower beds and oh, things sure, like that. But sure. that is a, that's a huge business down here, a huge business. You know, uh, most of the time, the pine straw is worth more than the standing trees out there. Uh, <laughs> is that right? Yeah. We're in the wrong yep, business right. up here. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. I can, and, you know, I can just give you an example. Of, I, um, my wife and I, we have a, a hundred and 27-acre parcel It's uh, 18 years old, and it's longleaf. And uh, that parcel uh, bought me, it was $375 an acre this year is what we got off of the pine straw off of it. And and that was wow. getting paid That was getting paid 65 cents a bale for the straw. Can you imagine that per acre? Yeah. That had to have been bale yeah. after bale if you walked out there, just one after another practically to do that. Yeah. And, when and, they that, do, and that's the that's the stuff that you see spread out to uh, like landscaping matting. That's right. When they put it around trees, landscapings, and parking lots and stuff like that, they they use that pine straw. It's, it's a big, it's a huge business down here. Uh, okay. And when you drive up, when you drive up to a parcel that's being raked, they they could be up high as forty to fifty individuals out there uh, raking it, and they all do it by hand. Uh, they separate the sticks wow. and the pine stones, and then and then they rake the straw up by hand and bale it. Uh, well, impressive. listen, Jerry and uh, Peter, we're a we're a commercial radio station, so we got to take a commercial break here. But uh, when we come back, maybe we can talk a little bit more about uh, some of these uh, what what the uses for are some of these uh, pine boughs and things like that. So we'll be right back after this uh, quick uh, first uh, break here. AM 610 KDAL. News, weather, sports. Giant Redwood. The larch. The fir. The mighty Scots pine. The smell of fresh-cut timber. The crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing, sing, sing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I eat my lunch, I go to the laboratory. On Wednesday oh, to the laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, I hope you uh I hope you give Jerry a little bit of a heads up. Uh, he's probably wondering what in the world was that music. We're going off the deep end, we're going off the deep end. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, it's still cool. Every I'll time I hear it, what. I still laugh. I still smile, folks. It is. It's it's extremely comical. Well, look, look. Uh, so there are some hardwoods. A lot of furniture is manufactured down here, and I'm I'm assuming a lot of the hardwood goes into uh, that process. Is that right, Jerry? Brad, there used to be a lot of hardwood that went into lumber down here uh, that make furniture, but have lost most of that market to China. Okay. And, uh, most of our hardwood now is like, is like, uh, like I said, vegetable baskets or cross ties. You know, we still we still saw a lot of hardwood for cross ties for the railroad, so, but most most of the most of the lumber and market for the furniture is gone. The the timber oh, okay. industry down there, Brad, is very big, very big because factories have been built down by Alabama Georgia Line area in Florida because it's so much the whole area and it spreads out a lot, doesn't it? Down there, Jerry, a lot of wood being actually the yeah, forests are being managed really good, is what it is. They are, yeah. You know, there's more trees being planted than than cut now. You know, and uh, the, we have some very good managements going on and. And a lot of our private landowners, they are really, really doing a super job of growing trees for the future. And, uh, you know, I, I have some private landowners that I've been working with all my career, and uh, we do business with them every year. And they've really done a great job on managing their forest down here. Uh, I've been you, very you proud know, of that. Jerry, another thing I'd like to bring up, I, I noticed uh, – I, they do a much better job of uh, of windfalls where where there's been, for example, just a couple of years ago, there was a very serious uh, uh, hurricane that went through up in the uh, Panhandle area, and right along the freeway, I noticed when we went back up north that year, there was a lot of down trees uh, just mowed right down. But by the time we got down there in the fall. There were entire logging operations that had been set up that were gone that brought in uh, equipment. They went in there. They set up logging mills. Uh, they set up uh, 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 cutting operations, and they had cleared the whole area out already. Yeah, yeah they, that was a terrible storm, and it was devastating. And uh, it's going to take years to get over that. Uh, the panhandle is really hurting right now. Uh, they've done a good job on salvaging what they could, but there was a lot of that timber that wasn't salvaged. It was just pushed up in windrows, and, uh, yeah. and they they set timber back out. And uh, I know we was going to talk about it later, but the big mill over there, uh, West Rock, we just got word two weeks ago that it's now shutting down. And uh, so that, oh. that's... Um, yeah, we got some challenges uh, challenges coming to us over the panhandle, and uh, to try to to help those folks and uh, see what we can get started. I I was talking to a guy yesterday, and he he's from over there, and he told me he he said that we're expecting thirty percent of the loggers to just shut down, to just to get out of the business, and uh, that that's really sad when you hear that. That's yeah. a big chunk. Plus, now you're losing the. Inf- you slowly can whittle away at the infrastructure that takes care of those blowdowns, manages the forest, keeps it rotating. I imagine, Jerry, a lot of that land is privately owned, and so you don't have to go through all the rigmarole, and you can get on it right away if people are willing to do it. 
the majority of it is privately owned and but they just it, it was well i hate to say this but it was a it was a perfect storm uh <laughs> it hit it hit at a time where where the logging force was getting weak and it just uh you know it it, it was a domino's effects they wasn't enough they brought logging crews from all over the country down here yeah, uh, the, the the salvage tried to salvage that stuff, but they just wasn't enough loggers, and they wasn't enough mill capacity to take all that wood before it started to turn and rot. Plus, and, uh, plus down there, Jerry, you guys don't have the frost or the cold weather to slow down the rotting right. process, so your rotting process goes into overdrive, what we would consider up here. Yeah, when when it's June, July, and August down here in September, it gets hot now, and uh, it it just won't last. That's that's why we have so many wet decks down here at the mills, you know, where they can stockpile wood and, and keep it wet, and uh, because yeah. it it won't last, it won't last in this heat heat humidity down here. Uh, so it's well. Listen, you guys, we have to we have to take our CBS news break here. to the woodchoppers ball so guys jerry and and uh, peter we were talking a little bit about uh, the fact that florida does a, a fantastic job of cleanup when there have been hurricanes or when there have been storms and they they make sure that uh, that uh, wood gets used in a in a, a very productive manner uh but I, it's it's more I think more critical down here that I've seen it used so well that it seems like seems like they have a whole system that goes into play when they've had a hurricane. They they do a very good job, Brad. We got a few more. Th- we're going to run out of time here real rapidly, and there's a couple of things that really want to get out there that Jerry has okay great information on, folks. Uh, there's a problem that's going on in the I call it below the Mason Dixon line, basically where insurance problems, uh, lawyer problems, uh, you, a lot of billboards at, uh, at the law firm Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, or if our international company sue you too. And they're, when there's that many people coming in, Jerry, could you elaborate on how many people coming in a day to Florida, plus what the problem is that it affects all of us a little bit because we're all through the insurance pool, then like to get to what you guys, you loggers down there, you folks do a great thing for the wounded combat folks. It's really yeah. special. Yeah. The first thing is, you know, I think Florida is the greatest state in the nation, and we got the best governor in the in the nation. You know, let me say that right now. So everybody wants to come to Florida. You know, it's like six thousand folks a day moving into Florida, and when you have that, you have traffic congestion, and these big trucks running up down the road. Uh, every time, you know, we have people actually trying to get in a wreck with our trucks so they can sue. Uh, we live in a so happy nation, and something needs to be done about that because these polybius lawsuits, uh, that's going to be our Achilles heel in the logging industry. Uh, you, you can sit here and talk about diesel. Diesel goes up and down, up and down, inflation, and it's terrible right now. But, you know, one yes. thing would fix that, and that's drill. We need to drill. But this insurance is getting out of hand, and, it, and it's going to take a political solution 
to to uh, get where we need to be on this uh, subject because uh, it's going to get where you can't afford it if it keeps going like it's going. And uh, you know, I I I got one example, Pete. Uh, you know, we had a we got a good, we got a good logger that was involved in a wreck. One of his trucks was going to the mill. Uh, older gentleman pulled out in front of him. He hit him. It wasn't the driver's fault. It killed the driver of the uh, of the pickup. And the state patrol showed up. They wrote the wreck up. They couldn't find nothing wrong with the truck. They looked at the camera. He wasn't. It wasn't his fault. He went on about his business. Three or four weeks later, uh, the logger gets a letter from a lawyer. The family's suing him for wrong for death. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it was a tragic. The, the man died, but it was the man's fault. And we just, we cannot, we, we're going to have to stop things like that. Uh, it, it's just terrible what's going on with that. Jerry, I know exactly what you're talking about. There are so many attorneys down here that are really ambulance chasers that just, uh, they, you know, they're, they've got these big billboards. If you've been in a car accident or a motorcycle accident, call our number. And, and they're just trying to recruit. And as an industry, we have got to be proactive. Uh, here a while back, we had a, we had a billboard sign right here in my home county was for our attorneys wanting to sue you, you, you know, a big truck accident, call us. Yep. And my wife got so angry, we went and leased that billboard, and we put our own sign on it. We put a, we had a picture of one of our log trucks painted with a half a load of logs and everything that comes out of wood and gray logging, hauling all your needs, you know. But things like, that is what, that's, things like that is what we got to do, and we also just come out with a coloring book for our kids, for, for the local kids. Gray Loggin uh, put together a coloring book that we can pass out on in the school system and on our field trips and all. But uh, as an industry, these are things that we have got to attack, and, uh, and we just can't sit back and say, well, somebody else will take care of that. It's our turn now. Our, our fathers and grandfathers have done it for years. Now it's my turn. And, uh, would and be, that's the way we got the program. Jerry, would it be possible for somebody like your governor to listen to this program and find out that this is a ma- big issue? It's not going to just affect you guys. This boat is hooked together. We're on the same boat. It's just on a different end of the boat. And yeah. it's uh, all insurance carriers it has to absorb it somewhere. So something's got to be done to stop this Sue happiness that's going on. I know you're getting a l- 6,000 people moving to Florida a day is unbelievable. I don't know where you put them all anyway, but uh, something's got to be done so it doesn't kill us all. And it's just not logging; it's farming and everything. That's right. It's farming. I mean, it it, it affects everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And everybody's insurance goes up, you know. And it's just we we're gonna have to get some stuff done on. But it's real tough to get that done, Peter. When seventy uh, percent of our representatives in the state of Florida are trial lawyers. So I mean, we oh, got yeah, yeah, yeah. We, oh, we yeah you're absolutely right. <laughs> That's a hard pill, but could we? We're going to run out of time here really quick. Uh, Jerry, could you talk about what you guys do down there for the combat wounded folks, uh, the the Marines, yeah, and that? That's Genesis, that's really something special. Genesis Timber and Gray Logging. Uh, we team up every year with Rigoni Incorporated out of Perry, Florida, just south of us. It's a, a fine, outstanding company. Uh, Richard and Chad Swab, they brothers, and we bring down a group of combat Marines every year, 10, 10 to 15, 
and we make sure they bring their kids, and we fly them into Tallahassee, and we 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 keep them a whole week, and uh, we take them hunting, we take them hog hunting, we take them fishing, turkey hunting, we we give them tours of the local mills and all, and we feed them, and we just have a great time of fellowship with them, and uh, we just we committed to doing this some years back, and it it had just grown and gotten bigger every year, and it's something that we look forward to. And uh, and oh, and we make sounds, it. A, uh, that sounds outstanding, guys. That sounds wonderful. Really quick, would it be possible if uh, somebody's listening out there, let's say in Washington or Florida or something like that, that they'd like to get a hold of you, Jerry, and talk to you about how you do this for these veterans, and they want to do the same thing, let's say in Texas, Maine, or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, they can go to our website, uh, graylogging.com, and they can get a hold, a hold of me there, genesistimber.com. I would encourage the folks that's listening to please look us up and uh they can contact me through my website and i'd be i'd be glad well, jerry uh jerry gray it's been a pleasure having you on the show today we hope we can do this again uh at some point and peter always a pleasure uh with the shows you put together we learn a lot of information uh, but we're going to have to uh, take Thank our break much. here. Appreciate it. Uh, go to our Minnesota News uh, Network, and uh, then we'll come back and wrap up our number two. But thank you so much, Jerry Gray and Peter. Let the sawdust fly. KDAL time, 1254. We are back. Uh, we've got sunshine here in Duluth. We have 35 degrees. And wow, what a segment. Another one in the can. Let the sawdust fly, Brad. July of 2016, you've been doing this. Can you believe that? When, no. When Pete said that, I mean, that's, it's, I, I never thought it would uh, have as much interest as it has. I'm, I, and you get stuff from people all the time saying, I just love that segment you guys do on Logging. So. Well, here's the deal. I have right. posted to the Sound Off with Brad Bennett Facebook group page, and there's a couple of pictures here I took in the studio of Pete Wood uh, wielding that pickaroon. No, he's just holding on to it. He's not too menacing holding it. But it again, go to uh, uh, Sound Off with Brad Bennett and become a member of that Facebook group page, Sound Off with Brad Bennett. When we come back now after the uh, top of the hour break here, uh, there's so many other things I want to get into that we haven't even begun to touch the surface on. I started to talk to you about uh, masks, are masks a good idea? I'm beginning to to uh, believe more and more that masks are a waste of time. Uh, the Democrats seem to love it. They love to keep you masked up and keep you uh, thinking that somehow they work. But I've got some real interesting information when we come back with our number three that's going to make well, you wonder it doesn't matter. why we ever got into these. It doesn't matter whether they work or not. Because look at Kamala Harris. Apparently, she wasn't wearing a mask. I guess we can assume that. She got oh. COVID. But, Brad, what do they say? But she was boosted and vaccinated, and she's she not showing vac- any symptoms. So why wear a mask if you're vaccinated and boosted? Exactly. She had two boosters. She had all the vaccinations, and she does wear masks on a fairly regular basis. But you know what, Kenny? I'm, I'm, I'm really a firm believer that unless you've got the right kind of mask, if you've got an M, what is it, M-something-nine N- N- mask. N-95. M-95. 
then you might have something. But a lot of these masks don't work at all. We'll talk about it when we come back. Your station for the Minnesota Gophers.